2: Welcome back to your weekly dose of shock therapy brought to you by the Say It Again Network. I'm Tyler Lawrence. With me is my co host, Zach Alfers. We literally recorded half of this episode not recording, and now we're going to start over again. But it's okay. Let's go and have some
1: fun with this. Let's go. We're doing this for a reason. We have fun, and sometimes we have to do it twice. So we'll have twice the fun.
2: This will be even twice the more fun. I I guarantee it. Let's go. Same energy. Let's get into this, Zach. All right, let's get into our PFF grades. Right now, the, they rank 19th with a 71.1 grade on, overall on offense. They're ranked 7th with a 78.2. On defense, they're the 27th ranked defense. Uh, special teams, they're ranked 20th. Uh, the Chargers' top three offensive graded players is Mike Williams, Justin Herbert, and Corey Lindsley. on defense, uh, Joey Bosa, Tevin Campbell, and Aloy Gilman. The Chargers had 352 yards of total offense, 275 yards were passing, 77 yards rushing. The Chiefs had 437. We kept Patrick Mahomes 251 yards through the air, but we got gashed on the ground with 160, 86 yards on the ground. Where the Chargers won this game is they had four turnovers to the Chargers zero. It's the main reason we won this game is we played mistake-free football and Overall, it was a good game. It was a fun game to watch. Let's get into the good. Uh, Talk about Justin Herbert and kind of what you saw from him on Sunday.
1: First off, we have the most gangster quarterback on the planet. I don't care what anyone says. The, The Chiefs do not lose. Division games, they are almost unbeatable in the AFC West with Mahomes as their starter. Coming into the weekend, we're 17 and two against AFC West opponents. You don't go in there expecting to win without play from a gangster quarterback like Justin Herbert. And I thought he showed up, overcame a slow start, and made every play we needed to from him down the stretch. Completed 26 of 38 passes for 281 yards. The four touchdowns that we called last week outdueled Mahomes in his own building. At this point, Patrick saw it. He better believe it. You don't beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead without great quarterback play, and I thought we got fantastic performance from the Brisket Bandit.
2: The Brisket Bandit was definitely a force to be reckoned with. The one thing that I think that he needs to get fixed, all of these illegal shift penalties, they, they really ultimately fall on him. He has to sit down there. He has to look left, look right, right just like he's at a stoplight and verify that everybody is set. Because this is the reason, these penalties, they ultimately fall on him. But otherwise, he played mistake-free football. He's not turning the ball over. He did not this week. And it, it, again, it was the reason we won this game. And he was a major factor for us down the stretch. Let's talk about Mike Williams. Mike Williams has really, really improved from last year to this year. I still don't think he's the, the, the polished route runner that, You know, some people are starting to say he is. I still think it has a lot to do with um, the scheme that we're playing, throwing slants in off coverage, sitting between zones, using leverage against defenders, against them pre snap. But the results 31 targets for 295 yards through three games and four touchdowns. He ranks sixth for targets and yardage. He ranks second for most touchdowns, and he's 22 receptions, ranked fifth most. Right now, based off of the small sample size we've seen, I definitely think he's earned his $15 million contract he's being paid this year because we are relying on him so much as the ex-receiver in this offense.
1: Well, and it's whenever this offense needs to make a big player, we have our backs against the ropes. It's either Keenan Allen or Mike Williams. And the dude is just, Mike Williams in particular, has been balling out these first couple of weeks. I, I think he might out price himself out of our price range come you know contract extension time because this guy is just making game changing plays every time he gets the ball he had seven catches 122 yards against the Chiefs but it's the plays that he make it's every play he makes is game changing and and directly has an impact on the outcome of the game he had the two-point conversion that erased Viscano's first miss extra point attempt he had the go ahead touchdown in the fourth quarter and then the game winner he also had the game winner against Dallas so like He's just making plays that impact the outcome of the game. I'm just so impressed what we've seen from Mike Williams early on in the season.
2: The other player I want to talk about, finally, we got Drew Tranquil out on the field, and it it really shows. Tranquil's earned his reps, and I think he's actually earned them over Kenneth Murray. I'm a huge, huge advocate for Kenneth Murray, but I just think Tranquil's instincts are just so overpowering. He's extremely effective in coverage, and he just has a way of navigating through traffic he had a monster, monster hit on Edwards Hilaire. And I, I just think that we need to continue to keep him on the field. We didn't play him much in the first two games. And I think, you know, maybe if it's just a split 70%, White, 70% Tranquil and let Murray kind of sub in for each of them, depending on the game plan from each week. But Tranquil is all over the field. He's making huge plays. He's hitting tackles for losses. In all honesty, I, I honestly believe that he gives the team the best chance to win.
1: Well, yeah, I, I agree with you. He, he needs to be playing. He needs to get as many snaps as possible. But it, it's one of those good problems to have, right? You have three guys, only two could play most of the time, one in, in certain sets. So It's a good problem to have that we have multiple people that we want to give those snaps to. I, I'd like to see Tranquil with more and more snaps moving forward because he's only performed, and in my opinion, outperformed both White and Murray so far in the the first three games.
2: Now, Murray, uh, Murray's struggled a little bit. I don't think that he's not playing well, but he's not playing bad. He's just kind of running himself out of running lanes. As talented as he is, his instincts as a middle linebacker just haven't seemed to catch up. And I think you have to develop that. He has to play. You have to develop your first-round draft pick. Because you didn't just spin a first round on him. You also spent a second round for him when you traded up to, to grab him. You, you're going to want to play tranquil and white for sure, because they I think right now they give you the best chance to win. But eventually, Murray is going to be your starter. And there, I think there's a good chance that the Chargers don't re-sign Kaiser White next season. I'm not saying that they don't, right? But I think when the money is spread out in front of you and you're looking at the situation for what it is, You've got two starting caliber inside linebackers and a defense that only plays two inside linebackers. And I think Kaiser White's playing himself into a, a pretty nice monetary contract here next season. There is a chance that they let him walk. We'll see what ends up happening out of that situation. But again, you you have to develop Murray. I know he's struggling a little bit, but it's not it's it's issues that you can coach up. That you have to play to develop, ultimately, and he, you got to develop him. In my opinion, talk about uh, some other negatives that you're seeing about this team.
1: To me, to me, the biggest negative, and it's been the same negative takeaway every game so far, and, and it's the penalties. Um, I just don't understand how we are second in the league with 32 at this point and 243 penalty yards the most like it it, to me those need to be cut out we talked about the illegal shift penalties they took away a fourth down conversion that we early in the first quarter we we had the momentum all of the momentum in the game we were up 14 nothing looking like we're gonna go up 21 nothing convert on fourth down just having a legal shift take away from us the chiefs get all the way back into the game and it's a completely different ball game at that point. The second one erased a touchdown and that is the third game in a row on the same penalty. We've taken points off the board to me that needs to stop. I I think this team is so fun to watch right now. And I think we're very close to being historically special. I just would like to see us cut down those penalties. It's driving me crazy.
2: Yeah, I I think, I think when you look at week two to week three, we have cut down the penalties a little bit. I mean, we had seven penalties in one quarter, and most of those came on the same drive. Yeah, And it, it's kind of ridiculous when you think about it. But going from, I think we had like 18 penalties last week down to eight this week. That's a huge improvement. And I think part of the issue we've been having these penalties has to do with our off-season season program right the fact that we weren't running full speed quite as often and when it really comes down to it we traded health for the penalty yards that we're getting at this point of the season and you're seeing it come down it might not be coming down quite as fast but we're already going into our fourth week in the season and penalties have been cutting away massive plays for us you know, we like you said a little bit earlier. Like the Chargers should be three and zero, and it's it's been penalties that have really sunk this team ultimately. And I don't think there's any other way you can think about that.
1: No, no, and, and I I understand that we've cut down on the number from week to week, but it, it's the it's the overall impact that these penalties are having, Racing taking points off the board. That's killing me, and it's constantly putting this offense in a position where it has to overcome third and longs, fourth and longs, overcome seven penalties on the same drive. It is not a place you want to play from. And I I would just like to cut it down because I I think it takes a 2 and one football team and it makes us undefeated at this point if we just take out a third of the penalties that we've committed so far.
2: The other negative I want to talk about, Jerry Tillery. Jerry Tillery's ability to hold leverage In the ground game, and it's it's crazy because he's got the size. He's just getting driven off the ball, but it's more than just getting driven off the ball. He's also getting put on his back, which is the absolute worst thing you can do as a defensive lineman. It's it's opening up these huge running lanes, and back to back weeks, the Chargers have allowed over 180 yards rushing to teams that really like. When you look at the Chiefs, the Chiefs shouldn't be running for 180 yards. That's not even their style of game. Like. Clyde Edwards Hilaire shouldn't be putting up – it just it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sort of sense at all, and he's a major reason. And I know that he's improved as a pass rusher. I know he had, I want to say, like seven uh, – four. he had four pressures. I can't remember exactly. He had a good number of pressures, and he was in Mahomes' face uh, more than a few times, but he is getting gashed, and the Chargers really, really need Justin Jones to get healthy because – Jerry Tillery is just not developing quite as fast as you'd like him. And again, he's another first-round pick that you have to develop. You have to put him on the field because the only way you're going to develop him is getting him game experience. But he's playing extremely bad right now, and it's got to get fixed somehow, some way, because he is a liability. In my opinion, he's the worst player on defense for the Chargers right now.
1: Mm. I I think that's fair. Uh, Well, I guess just to piggyback off it and and turn it, you know, kind of into a positive. I thought overall as a pass rush unit, I thought we played pretty well. Being able to keep Mahomes inside the pocket and on the day forced 25 pressures. I I thought that really kept Mahomes uncomfortable. It kept him off balance. It it forced him to throw no-look passes that bounce off his tight ends face and into the hands of Asante Samuel Jr. So it made him do things that he doesn't normally do. I think a big part of our win was the play of Joey Bosa. You know, Coming into the game, nursing a sore ankle. He was questionable all week. Wasn't sure if he was actually going to play. I don't think he even
2: practiced, did he?
1: He didn't practice a single time. Tapes it up, goes out there and tweaks it early on. Still leads this team with 10 pressures. That was against one of the best quarterbacks in the game and hobbled. I I can't wait to see what he can do with an extra day rest and a way less mobile Derek Carr as his next victim uh, coming up on Monday.
2: Let's talk about Asante Samuel, okay, because you, you just brought that up. Asante Samuel's interception laying out off a, and this is the best part, off a no-look Patrick Mahomes pass that hit, I think his name is Blake Bell. Who, who, it was Marcus or,
1: Kemp. It was Marcus, Marcus Kemp, Kemp who got hit in the face, but even his own so teammate wasn't expecting that pass.
2: <laughs> the fact that, you know, it's one thing for Patrick Mahomes to go and do Patrick Mahomes things, but... When he's like throwing no-look passes, that means he doesn't respect you, right? And it is so sweet, so beautiful <laughs> that he throws this ridiculous no-look pass. It's inaccurate. It bounces off the hands of camp, and Asante Samuel makes him pay with an outstanding interception that is about to win him another Rookie of the Week award.
1: It better. On effort alone in that play alone, uh, th- that kid is killing it. His second straight game with an interception and becomes the first rookie ever to pick off a pass from Patrick Mahomes. Pretty pretty incredible from an incredible player.
2: And many more to come. I I just I, love the fact that it happened off a no-look pass because that's what Patrick Mahomes deserves.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, it's finally good to get one on the Chiefs, right? To, they've been beating us down and, and this whole division down for so long. It, it's, it's nice to be on What's the... the-
2: What's the record the Chiefs have against the AFC West right now? I think they've only lost 2 games in the division, and I think both of them come came from the Chargers.
1: One of them came. So, as Mahomes with Mahomes as their starting quarterback, um, not just against the AFC West, but with Mahomes starting in his 5-year career there, 17 and 2 entering Sunday. One of those one of those losses was um, in 2018, I think, against the Chargers. That second one, or the third one, was this week when he got out by the most gangster quarterback on the earth.
2: Gangster quarterback. By the way, Brandon Staley <laughs> started a movement because Chargers Twitter has been going crazy with the gangster <laughs> Justin Herbert memes, and he really has been a gangster for this team. You got anything else to say about this game, or are you ready to move on?
1: I, I just want one more positive Um just the the way that this team has figured out how to close out football games. I just love this finishing instinct that this team has developed. And in that third quarter against KC, I, I thought looked like we were out of it. You know, they came all the way back in, had the momentum of the crowd. I thought a lot of teams in this league could have fell down, put their heads down, and, and lost that football game. Not us, you know. I, I, it, there's been a lot of talk that with these four turnovers – KC lost this game. We didn't win this game. I'm not buying any of that because at the end of the day, we turned those turnovers into 21 points. We ex we out executed the Chiefs in their own building down the stretch, and that won us the football game. And to me, this is so important because anybody who's watched the Chargers over the last 10 years knows exactly how important this game is because we have lost games just like it for the last decade. It's just the exact same games that we lose. And we had figured out how to make plays down the stretch. And I think it all goes back to Staley, big brass Staley, this culture that he's created, this new mentality that we aren't here to just show up on the sidelines and look good. We want to win football games. I love that energy. And I think it, what's that mentality is what separates a championship football team from a talented football team. I'm, I'm really excited for this Raider week coming up.
2: Well, not just that, but Something about Staley has brought this team together in a way that we haven't seen in a long time. Like you go mm-hmm. back the last couple of seasons with Anthony Lynn. If you really want to go back further, go back to Mike McCoy, go back to North Turner. They yeah. never talked about just being a team, right? And it, every press conference you're talking about, everything is team oriented, right? You win as a team, you lose as a team. And he's really brought this camaraderie together Brandon Staley is is building something. He's building it quickly, way faster than I think anyone yeah. anticipated. This team, it feels like we're ready to contend. It feels like we can play with any team in the league, and we. Ooh. it feels like we are one of the best teams in the league.
1: Check it and out. I it, got goosebumps just listening.
2: Oh, I see it. You feel it, though. You feel like this it's team is something special. It's electrifying which is a pun intended on the Chargers, by the way. There we go. The Chargers are ready to compete for a Super Bowl this year, and it's because everybody's bought in. Everybody on this team is talking about this team as a team, and you don't see that but from championship-caliber teams. The Chargers are here to stay. They're ready to compete, and they're going to the Super Bowl. Let's get (laughs) on to our week. Let's go. Week 4 matchup the Chargers who are 2 and 1 play the the Las Vegas Raiders who are somehow 3 and 0 at SoFi Stadium on Monday Night Football in prime time. Yes, October 4th at 8:15 p.m. Eastern Time, 5:15 Pacific Time. You can watch this game on ESPN. The injury reports as of the time of this recording are not officially out, but right now there are A a handful of injuries we do know about. I know Justin Jones is still um, questionable with an injury. You got Chris Harris Jr. who's questionable. Uh, Justin Herbert hurt his hand during um, the game last week. He did stay in the game. It didn't seem to affect his play all that much, but it is something that we do have to monitor. The Las Vegas Raiders, they do have a handful of injuries. Uh, Richie Incognito hit ir not not too long ago. Uh, Josh Jacobs is still questionable. Uh, It doesn't seem like he's going to be good to go for the game, but he's got an extra day to rest up and we'll see where he ends up landing. Uh, Ultimately though, the the Raiders have a lot of injuries, uh, minor injuries, but injuries that could be re-aggravated during the game. I just talked about reaching incognito, Alec Ingold, uh, Derek Carr is dealing with an ankle injury, Quentin Jefferson, Nick Kwiatowski, Alex Leatherwood, Carl Nassib, Yannick Guakway. It just goes on and on and on. They have a lot of players that are a little minorly banged up. I can't help to think that that has something to do with John Gruden and being that old school coach. And I feel like their offseason was hell. Um, oh, yeah. so it, it is going to be something to monitor. Uh I'm hoping very soon that this actual injury report comes out so I have a better feel of what this uh team is going to look like. Let's get into kind of the scouting of this team and what do, what do you think you they're going to play like on offense? Are you expecting Derek Carr to continue to go for over 400 yards?
1: No, I think this is the week Derek Carr reminds you who Derek Carr is and he is not an MVP. You know, he is not one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And even if you do think he is one of the better ones, I don't think anybody honestly in us in the right mind can tell me right now that Patrick or Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. So that's my comparison right there. We just went in, and held the explosive Mahomes under six yards per pass attempt and a season-low quarterback rating. I think this defense is going to be just as disruptive, if not more, this week going up against Carr. I I just don't think he's up for it. You know, their offensive line has been up and down this year. When they're on, they look all right, but when they're off, they looks so bad and I just expect our pass rush to overwhelm their offensive line. I think our pass rush is going to have the best showing of the season um, because I really think this is the worst offensive line that we've seen throughout the first four weeks. I I really liked all the different bodies that we used to rush the passer against Kansas City. We were creating pressure from interior outside, bringing um, pressure from different levels. I love that. I just don't see Vegas's patchwork offensive line
0: Sheath Underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART.
1: Being able to slow us down. And we
0: had 25 pressures
2: against the Chiefs, and I think it's going to be even more against the Raiders.
1: Me too. Well, and you have Mahomes. He's a much more mobile quarterback. Derek Carr is going to be a sitting target for us back there. He's going to be roughed up a bunch. And I He's got a to. little
2: bit of mobility. He's not... He's not but, Peyton Manning. No, non-mobile. no, 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 He's not Phillip Rivers, not mobile. No, but and my think, point
1: is, my point is we got 25 pressures against. Mahomes. against Mahomes, Um, It's going to be more like 10. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to hit him and he's going to have grass stains on his jersey by the end of the first quarter. I, I think it's going to be a rough day for Derek Carr.
2: I'll talk about my matchup here in a little bit that I, I kind of want to talk about. And it is a pass rushing matchup, mm. but When it comes to the Raiders, I think a big reason why their Derek Carr's stats are padded is because he doesn't have Josh Jacobs in his lineup, and he's got a patchwork offensive line in front of him. I have talked about it earlier. Rich Incognito is on IR, and so is Denzel Good. That's both of their starting guards, and I don't even know who the names are of their other starting guards. I've never even heard of them. I know Andre James is their center. The only reason I know that is because we broke that team down a month ago before the season had even started. So those injuries on the interior offensive line are something to monitor. Darren Waller is their main threat, and he is a threat. Um, I don't necessarily know how he's going to fare because the Chargers have been playing really well against the pass, but let's not pretend like the Raiders don't have weapons at wide receiver. Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards are two players that I really like coming out of the draft. They're two players that are performing fairly well this year. Plus, you really have to account for Henry Ruggs' speed because we know that he's a top five fastest player in this NFL. You don't run a four-two-seven not get noticed. He has the ability to get behind the defense, and it is something to monitor because the Chargers again are going to be playing man against this team, and he can get by you if you let him, and he can score for you know a fifty-yard plus touchdown if he gets behind you. So. But again, I'm not too worried about their passing game because I think that our pass rush is going to be able to get home. And I, I really don't credit the Raiders' wins. I know they, they beat beat the Ravens, but again, the Ravens are beat up. Um, I, I really don't think that any of their wins are all that impressive overall.
1: Well, I, I so honestly, because it is the Raiders, I think it is pretty impressive. Their first three <laughs> zero start. I, I, I honestly, like I'm I'm being serious, like nobody nobody I don't think even Raiders fans had them 3 and0 at this point going against the Ravens Steelers and Miami I think I think I don't, you're yeah.
2: going up against a backup quarterback in Miami you're going up against a Steelers team that I think is rebuilding don't get me wrong the Steelers have some really really good players but they're not they they have so many holes in that on that roster. Their defense is phenomenal, and the fact that Derek Carr was able to pass for over 400 yards against that defense saying a lot. But how much of that is stats padded because he's throwing the ball? I think he threw the ball over 40 times that game.
1: Well, so I, I guess my only point is they figured out a way to win games while they were raiding. While they were they beat the Ravens twice in that game. <laughs> they figured out a way to win. So I don't want to say that this is the same old Raider team, but what I will say, they're not undefeated. They're not going to the Super Bowl, and this is, no. the, they get exposed.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, on defense. I think Max Crosby is kind of their X factor. He's a major, major reason for their success early on. He's got the third highest defensive grade among all edge rushers. And it's for good reason. He's only got two sacks, but he's got 25 pressures. That's five more than the next closest player. I think he's more of a power rusher with that extremely high motor that he has. But I think Storm Norton, who I think that they're going to to match him up with, because I think that's the, the matchup that they're going to want to play, knowing Gus Bradley. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Norton has fared much better against power rushers than he has against guys like Michael Parsons, who embarrassed him, those speed rushers that will do double moves, come on to the inside. So overall, I am I am concerned about, about Max Crosby. Uh, it is also kind of a revenge game for two different players on that roster, Casey Hayward and Denzel Perryman. Both players mm-hmm. are playing at a pretty high level. I'm still a huge Casey Hayward fan. I think I always will be, even if he's playing in the black and silver. You um, have a
1: Phylon also.
2: They have Darius Phylon, but Darius Phylon is a few years removed. It's not it. That it, fire it, it, doesn't burn quite as hot for him as it might for you I mean, know Perryman and Hayward, sure. who were let go. Um, you know Hayward, he's bounced back in a good way. You know he kind of looks like he could be back to his all pro self, and I think he's another major reason why they've had such success. And we know Derry um, uh, Perryman is a hitter. Uh, Again, though we're playing Gus Bradley, we know that scheme to a T. We know yes. we're going to see cover three. So pre-snap, there isn't a whole lot going on that's going to confuse Herbert. I'm really looking forward to seeing this uh, this game on the defensive side of the ball because I think that with the Chargers and how they've been playing, they get the ball out of Herbert's hands extremely fast, and there's going to be a lot of opportunities out in the flats for them on screens. Wide receiver screens, uh, running back screens, and then you're going to get opportunities over the top because you got two very young safeties out there. They're going to be, especially Morrig, who's going to be playing that single high role. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a matchup to to look out for and see who you can get deep. This is the week Mike Williams gets his you know seventy yard reception out by himself in the middle of nowhere. And it's going to be one of those highlight plays. Cause we haven't seen too many of those from him. Those, those big deep shots quite yet. Yeah.
1: Like the 30, 40 yard passes to, um, to me, I just think, I think Keenan Allen is absolutely going to feast in this game. But, I mean, you mentioned the reason why it's the familiarity. He knows Casey Hayward. He knows Denzel Perriman. And most importantly, he knows Gus Bradley's defensive s- scheme, you know, Staley being the mastermind that he is, we've already got three games from Bradley's new defense. That's going to be it. You know, we're going to see all of it. He's not going to change anything this week. And Staley being the defensive mastermind that he is, he is going to have this scheme fully dissected. And on the other hand, this Lombardi offense is brand new to all to Bradley, to Hayward, to Perriman, to all this, the entire Raider defense. Allen being Allen is just going to eat first. Off I, I don't even know who they're gonna use to guard him. Like I, I would use Trayvon Mullen, but that's you know who he's gonna pick.
2: use? He's gonna use Denzel Perryman to guard
1: well and <laughs> <laughs> they're just going into my point. Like I would choose Mullen, but the Raiders don't do things that make sense. That's why they're the Raiders. So it, I just think Keenan being as familiar as he is with this this defense, him being as good as he is, I, I think he's just going to have one of those. Dallas Cowboy games on Thanksgiving where he catches eight passes for 200 yards and a couple scores.
2: I think it is going to be a big game for them. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I am really looking forward to it because we've known Gus Bradley to, to match up a linebacker against uh, a burner, like Jalen Guyton out of the slot. Like it's going to happen. We're going to (laughs) make,
1: yes. I I didn't even think about that part, but that, You better, if you have any Chargers on your fantasy team, start them because they might only get one or two plays, but they're going to be explosive.
2: They're going to be explosive plays. And we've known Gus Bradley to have issues with substitutions where a linebacker does get matched up with Mm -hmm. a wide receiver. And the Chargers, like this might be the week that you see Josh Palmer really explode. I know he's only gotten, you know, one or two targets a game. This might be that game to go, ooh, let's take advantage of this matchup because they're going to do this in this situation. And you know, that the chargers come out in all these different formations. I think this is going to be the week where you're going to see one of those lesser known players, uh, the Donald Parham's the Josh Palmer's, you know, even maybe like a Steven Anderson or Gabe neighbors, like come out with like a, a pretty deep long pass and it's going to break for something big because a linebacker is going to be matched up over him and it's going to create major issues. I'm really uh, looking okay. forward to, to to this, but Gus Bradley, I, I want, I, I just, Oh, I need it. I, I need to feel it. I need to see all this pain. And I felt give all that back that I've been feeling for all this time. I'm a little angry right now, if you can't tell. <laughs> so my matchup to watch on offense I think this is going to be key. Mike Williams versus Casey Hayward. Mm. I think this is a key matchup because I think Casey Hayward is going to run with your number one outside wide receiver as he has majority of his career. We know that Gus Bradley thinks of Casey Hayward as a a cornerback one, and he is. And I think this is going to be the week you see a down week from Mike Williams because I think when you look at Casey Hayward and and the issues he struggled with, it's been speed. It hasn't been – the, the, I, I think where Casey Hayward really excels and I really would have liked to have kept him and moved him to the slot, I think he's very twitchy, right? He's one of those very smart players who understands where the first down marker is and he's going he's gonna to stay in that zone. He's going to stay in that area and he's going to break on the ball and he's going to get a lot of PBUs. I actually think Casey Hayward is going to excel in this matchup because when I look at Mike Williams and his skill set, Casey Hayward is going to break on the ball. And based off of how we have used Mike Williams so far, it's been a lot of sc- a slants. It's been a lot of quick outs, uh, screens, uh, just give me the ball, get in my hands and let me run. And I think this is going to be an area where Casey Hayward excels because it's it's the fact that Casey Hayward predominantly has struggled with deep coverage down the field against guys like Corton Sutton, who have scored big plays against him, against – Tyreek Hill have scored big plays against them. But when you look at these these uh, slants, these uh, hitch routes, he's always in there making pass breakups. He likes to play a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. He likes to break on the ball. And let's not pretend like Casey Hayward isn't a great player because he is. He is a phenomenal player because he's very instinctive. Where he gets overpowered is kind of in his physical traits. Now that he's gotten a little bit older and some of that has worn off but he is twitchy as hell and I'm excited to watch Casey Hayward play. uh, Cause I haven't watched him play at all this year. I haven't watched the Raiders at all because it's the Raiders. I don't care about the Raiders, but I still think Hayward is a phenomenal athlete and I'm looking forward to, to, I kind of want to see him ball out a little bit, but not against us, but not against us because he is one of my favorite players I've ever watched ever. He's just, He's one of those guys that you just love to watch play. And that's and fair. You like,
1: maybe you will have a great season, but it's not week four. Week it's four not week is going to be week an asterisk four. on that great season and whenever we play him again. So to me, my, my matchup was Keenan Allen on the secondary. Um, and I guess I'll just take the Mike Williams. Or the same reason I think Keenan is going to have a big game is the same reason I think Mike Williams is going to beat that Casey Hayward matchup. And it goes all back to the fact we know what Bradley's bringing they have no idea what we're bringing. I, I think a lot of what has been adding to Mike Williams' success is everybody's waiting for that big play over the top. They're playing him deep because they know that, and then he's running these slant routes and he's wide open, has 15 yards of separation because they're playing him deep. So I, I think it's going to be a similar week with this Gus Bradley and Casey Hayward. They're going to play him like the 2020 or yeah, like the 2020 Mike Williams. Not like the 2021 Mike Williams as the ex-receiver in this Lombardi offense. It's a completely different player. This is a completely different offense. This is a completely different team, right? We weren't getting goosebumps from the 2020 Mike Williams or this 2020 roster. It's going to be a different game plan. I think we're just going to absolutely expose the Raiders in all phases. I think especially in our passing offense is one of the best in the league. I, I think the Raiders defense is not going to be able to slow it down like it's been able to slow down the Ravens, the Steelers, and the the Dolphins. I just think we're better.
2: Uh, the defensive matchup that I have in all honestly is Jerry Taylor against this interior defensive line. Okay. I think if there is a week for Jerry Taylor to find some success and gain some, some consistency, some confidence, this is the week to do it because he's not going to get a weaker interior defensive line. Now don't get me wrong. Tom Cable, who is the Raiders offensive line coach. He's one of the best to ever do it. There is a reason he is so well known as an offensive line coach. I can't think of another offensive line coach who I just know really well. Everybody knows who Tom Cable is because he has so much success at developing talent, but this is undeveloped talent that he's going to be facing in front of him. This is going to be his real opportunity to shine. And this is the week to generate interior pressure because Colton Miller is a relatively pretty good offensive tackle. Um, Alex Leatherwood, he's been struggling. Let's let's be real here. Alex Le- Leatherwood has not played all that well, but we know that he's got talent on that side. Uh, the interior of this offensive line is the the big unknown with two of your starters out with Andre James, who most of us don't know anything about. If there is a week for Jerry Tillery to gain some confidence, really build something out, this is the game to do it. So I'm really looking forward to this. He's not going to have Josh Jacobs more than likely running the ball in front of him. It'll be Kenyon Drake. And I forget who their other running back is that they signed.
1: Peyton Barber. Peyton
2: Barber. He had a big day. Again, I just, this is the week for us to fix our issues, gain some confidence on the defensive line. And my eye 100% is focused on Jerry Taylor this week and see how he matches up against really the only inferior Interior offensive line in the league, and this is the week we expose that.
1: So I think they're inferior in in all phases, all five positions. So my matchup defensively is actually Bosa on the exterior against these young tackles, because I don't think they're going to be able to slow him down. Um Colton Miller actually, like you said, has been really good these first three games, hasn't allowed a sack, only gave up seven pressures and 154 pass blocks. So to put that in perspective, Rashawn Slater's only allowed five pressures. So Pretty pretty dang good. But on the other side, you mentioned it. Leatherwood has been atrocious. Uh, he, he's, he's better as a run blocker, but the Raiders have not been running the ball well with with Jacobs sidelined. And as a pass protector, Leatherwood is proving to be a complete liability. Surrendered Has surrendered three sacks, five quarterback hits, five hurries for a total of 13 pressures on 132 snaps. He's been flagged four times, rounds out with a 25.4 pass blocking grade from PFF. Just garbage. Bosa off of 10 pressures on a hobbled leg against Mahomes is going to have a career day, I think, against these tackles because, like, like you're saying, it's the worst interior offensive line that we faced. I think it's the worst offensive line period that we've faced this season so far. I'd also like to see a lot more from Nuoso and Fackrell, especially if Bosa is still a little slowed from his ankle injury because Nuoso is close, right? He's second on the team with seven pressures. He just hasn't been able to finish with the sack. And I, I'm predicting that he gets his first this week. And then Fackroll, he had a sack against Dallas, but that's been it. That's all he's done. He's had another QB hurry, and that's it. He hasn't even recorded another tackle besides that sack against Dallas. So Fackrell is a guy I thought could get double-digit sacks on the year. I think he has a coming-out party. I think this pass rush as a, as a, as a unit has a coming-out party against – what I think are the weakest tackles we have gone up against so far in the early season.
2: What do you think the score of this game is going to be?
1: I'm, I want records. I want us to hit 40. I'm feeling 42 points to like 25, 28.
2: Yeah. That's what I'm feeling like too. And I think that, that the Raiders are going to become known as the most embarrassing three, 0 team that has come out. Like, Oh
1: you, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, I want to do something like that, like embarrassing. Like, yeah, you guys had a historical start to it, but then because it, yeah, it has then to you come played down. a real
2: team that's healthy, that's going to yeah. be able to like.
1: And when is the when are the Raiders going to start raiding? The they, they were doing it.
2: They've been and... raiding all along, but you know, Ravens have been raiding. You yeah, know, some of the other teams, right teams that they've been themselves. playing, yeah, they've gotten lucky, and I, I honestly, they've gotten lucky, and I think four games into the season. Chargers are getting a little more healthy with Justin Jones coming back. I I think Justin Jones might be be ready to go. I think that this game is going to be like 42-14. It's going to be a blowout. You know what? No. You know what? I'm going to say this. 35-0. We're going to shut the Raiders out, and we're going to make them really embarrassed. And the only reason is only going to be 35, because at the end of the third quarter, we're going to rest all our starters.
1: Well, I like all of that. And... The reason I know we're going to win is because we have not won a game yet in Sofi Stadium. That changes on Monday night in primetime. We have Here's, to go. I ahead. got
2: a prediction for you. Let's go. Easton Stick is going to play yes. this game. That's yes. how you know you're going to win this like outrageously. Easton Stick is going to play a full quarter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be awesome. I wouldn't even mind seeing Chase Daniel because I, I, I saw on his tweet. He tweeted his um uh, have you seen his cleats that he's out yet. for this weekend? Pretty sweet. Wouldn't mind to see those in game and get some game day action. Um either way, if we get a backup quarterback playing, that is. That's where true. this game
2: is headed. We are gonna get a backup quarterback in the game. You're gonna see Crip Rumpf starting in and you're gonna you're gonna see some backups playing you're going to get some players healthy because they're not going to play a full game this week.
1: I love all of that. I love all of that. And I'm fully on board. Let's do it.
2: Let's do 35, zero at halftime. And we'll score another touchdown after that. And we'll continue to shut them out. I'm already two zero. I'm already putting together.
1: I'm putting together the final score graphic right now. Get it together. I might post it today. (laughs) We're getting ahead of ourselves, but as you can tell, I'm excited. I I I am
2: excited, and it's always fun to bag on the Raiders because this is a game I always look forward to every year. Every once in a while, I get, oh my god, how did we do that? This is not that year. This is one of those years where we finally tell the Raiders who they we they are who we thought they were, and we showed everybody who they are.
1: Yeah, little step brother. Yeah, you, you were competitive in Oakland, Las Vegas. You're, I don't think you're never going to be competitive in the AFC West. That that is just because well, I just don't like that franchise.
2: I don't either. Thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> Leave a review. I hope you guys really enjoy our visuals that we started with our um with our scores with the little pictures that we've been posting, something we kind of started doing that we're going to uh, make kind of a tradition for us, right? I, I think that's kind of fun for us to do. It's something yeah. people can enjoy and it gives people something to kind of look at and, and kind of enjoy. Thank you so much, Zach, for putting that up. Um, he's been creating those visuals for us and he'll continue to do so. Um, yeah. We'll talk to you guys next week after we, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun next week because we'll be talking about a 42 zero score, yes. and how we blew out an undefeated team. And we made it look super easy.
1: Let's get it. I'm so excited.